0: Welcome to The Breakfast Leadership Show, where we interview global thought leaders on business, leadership, and life. Here's your host, keynote speaker, best-selling author, and chief burnout officer of The Breakfast Leadership Network, Michael Levitt. Welcome back. I've got Manuel Astrich on the line. Manuel, how are you? I'm fantastic. How are you? I am great. We're going to talk about burnout, which um, I had my own personal burnout journey. It's the whole reason why I do the work that I do. You know, it's a big component of what you do. But I uh, already went through the intro. But you know, feel free to share. You know, just a couple highlights of your background, and then we'll dive right into the conversation. And
1: yeah, so I'm a psychiatrist. I've got over 20 years and, and 50,000 hours of, of helping people. Um, and this is a point in the podcast where I take off my psychiatrist hat and I put on my coach hat. Um, and the reason is as a psychiatrist, you know, the standard of care is that we don't talk about our personal problems. And, you know, um, in some ways it makes a lot of sense because of the standards of care. Uh, but as a coach and, and as another kind of traveler on this planet, uh letting people know about what we go through and, and that there's hope is, is so important. So 12 years ago I was, I was just at the end of my rope. It was uh, September, 2008 and I was in a room. It was a Saturday the the sun was going down. I was looking at a picture of my twin sister, Magdalena. And in that picture, she's beaming. She's literally like glowing. And what you can't tell is that she's wearing a wig and she's wearing a wig because, uh, she was going through chemotherapy at the time, and the month before, so in August, she had passed away after years of fighting uh, a brain cancer, and and she had just handled her illness with tremendous grace and love, and 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 just so much gratitude for every moment that she had with us. Uh, and here I was, healthy and just miserable, and I had a thriving practice. I was healthy, and I was you know just emotionally. Toast. I was so tired, exhausted. I was snarky. My my attitude was just terrible, and I was no longer feeling effective at work. And that was a moment that um, I drew a line in the sand. That was really a moment of truth, and and I made a commitment that no matter what, I was going to start enjoying the ride. And over the last twelve years, you know, it, it's really been a, a um, process for me. My life looks very much like it used to, um, but I'm in such a much better space, and that's what I like to talk about and and help people with.
0: It's That's amazing. It's always what I find when people go through challenges in life, whether it's burnout or loss of loved ones, it is difficult as that time is in the morning of it is there's, I guess, in, and maybe it's just me and you, know, you, you, you can tell me if I'm wrong on this, but there's that opportunity where you, you can kind of take a pause and go, all right, Yes, it's, it's fine to mourn and grieve the loss or to grieve a challenge or you know, a difficult situation that you're facing. This pandemic, for example, is a great example of it. But eventually you go, okay, do I want to stay in this particular spot or do I want to move forward and continue the journey? And for me, I wanted to continue the journey. And wow, what a journey it has been thus far um, since me, since I recovered from my own burnout. Uh, It has been absolutely amazing. Lots of twists and turns, uh, but I look back and and I'm astounded on, on the personal and professional growth that I've had as a human being since those very challenging times of loss and struggle and everything else. So it's, again, that opportunity is always there for everybody. It's just, you know, some people... You know, the, amyg- the amygdala just basically holds them hostage sometimes, and they just can't move forward. And the,
1: um, I mean, the important part for 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 me and and experience and just working with folks is, like, life will bring us to our knees. Like, this is planet Earth on a planet with gravity. There's going to be pain and you know boo boos and suffering that we go through. It's just you know built into the fabric. And oftentimes it's multiple times, but the, um, the paradigm shift that occurs in us when we're brought to our knees, when we hit a bottom. So I've had problems with you know alcoholism and, and had a bottom there and depression and had a bottom there. But like you said, the choice um, to, to kind of grow from there, and it's whatever point that happens, that opportunity and that choice to grow um, is something that life presents us.
0: And it's we get all kinds of opportunities like that throughout life. We think, oh, we're just going to do this, this, and this. No, a long life has so many opportunities and twists and turns. And and one of the things I look back, especially in my career and what I do now, my original career was public accounting. You know, I was more or less introverted. In nature and great job, you know, being an accountant, you're just crunching numbers. You're, you're not necessarily engaging with clients too much uh, and you're just able to do it. And now I look back now at that career and I think to myself, that is the most boring career I could have ever chosen in my life. I, it bores me to tears when I have to do it, you know, in my own business. Um, still need to outsource that too, but it's just amazing and how time goes on and. Experiences provide growth opportunities, and and just and it helps for me. And you know, I definitely want to dive into you know some of the things you see with people and burning out, and some things that they're doing to help them get out of it. But for me, one of the things that helps me keep burnout away and prolonged stress and all of that is this curiosity that I have about life, about taking on new things. And I'm in my fifties. And I, I still have this curiosity of a three-year-old just looking at this vast world going, what, you know, what can we do? What can I do about this? What can I do about that?
1: No, yeah, that's that's great. The, um, you know, one of the, the keys, I think, ultimately, uh, and, and it really sort of depends to some extent where people are on their journey. Like, if you're just right now coming to grips with, I'm burnt out and I have to do something… Um, you know you you really have to double down on on starting to to you know remember and this is true for like any illness that you're facing whether it's mental health or physical you know don't be alone. change is possible and um there is hope there's always hope so you know you you start to look down the road for what are the options and choices and, and as soon as you start to do that you're looking with curiosity and if not this then what and and your brain's a computer it'll it'll start to, to look for answers but you're you're moving out of a situation where you're thinking for me my burnout was all about you know it's a treadmill like there's no end in sight like every single day is going to look like this and that was horrible. Um, and even though I'd love what I do, so it wasn't about not liking it. It's just that it was like a, uh, you know, tsunami that just was relentless and, and nothing was changing. Um, so having curiosity and a bigger future in front of you is, is so key. Um, and then there's other aspects we can talk about, you know, the on-ramp, you know, um, and then, you know, I, I have a framework for happiness, my happiness rules that, that, uh, Kind of going uh, hand in hand with with curiosity, um, but yeah, what?
0: No, I'd love to dive into that because what I find with a lot of people, and I know this was the case with my burnout, is there was a lack of happiness. I wasn't happy. Um, there, I wasn't doing things in life that I enjoyed doing because I was just simply too fatigued, tired, mentally and physically drained to be able to enjoy them. So instead yeah. of you know, taking a break and stopping, and, and forcing myself to at least try to enjoy those things, and yeah. just continued to work, yeah. which was creating the problem in the first place. Yeah. I, I see so many people say, so "Well, I'm just going to work through it." I'm like, "No, that's not the approach. Yeah. That's that's not the that's not the way out of yeah. it." So, you know what? You know what? What are some things in 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 the the happiness work that you do uh, to help people kind of regain? You know that happiness in life that you know helps keep that stress at bay,
1: well, let me ask you um like with, with burnout for you was was there that sense that like you were like you had no control um like um no future, no control, everything was just kind of bleak and dark like that
0: It, it seemed that the way the things were in my work life yeah. and my personal life. Were going to be the way that they were going to be forever and ever. Amen. I did not. I did not see a light at the end of the tunnel. And even if I did, I, I would pretty much assume it would be a train to run me over a few times, yep. and then I'd still be right back in the same spot that I was before.
1: Yeah, so so much of, of burnout is that that you know characteristic of you know it's a treadmill that's just not ending, and you just it's, it's like that, you know you have to go as fast as you can to stay on that treadmill, um, and you can't slow down or you're going to get thrown off. Um, so the the first focus for me was to take my eye of what I was looking at as the problem, which was a treadmill. And saying the treadmill's there, but what are the things that are within my control that I can start to change? And and you know, for me, and, and what I teach is that on ramp is, you know, we got to get our energy, emotional and physical and spiritual up. And and the way to do that for me was, you know, focus on eating better, um, you know, moving more, um, some some prayer, meditation, gratitude, whatever kind of you know spiritual, emotional practice that you can you can develop within that. Um, and then I developed uh, a tribe of virtual mentors who were all very upbeat. I started to listen to podcasts like what you're doing, um, you know, talking and, and like they were in my head all the time when I wasn't working, and I was working a lot, right? So it was like 12 hours a day of. Um, seeing patients like back to back to back as a psychiatrist and then two or three hours of calling in prescriptions and, you know, returning phone calls. So it was a long day, but in the morning, I would wake up with podcasts. My driving to work, it would be podcast like weekends just constantly lifting me up. And I, and I put up blinders to. Uh, the negativity around me, so I stopped watching the news, sports radio. I love sports and human excellence, but sports radio was about the controversies. Um, so I turned that off and was doing the podcast, and and also I stopped paying attention to all the noise in my head that was focused on, you know, how bad things were, and, and started to just kind of force myself. I couldn't stop the thoughts, right? But I could force myself to look forward to what can I do different, you know, and, and building up a bigger future.
0: I love that. And some things that I say to people too uh, is, you know, limit your exposure to news. Don't live in a cave, but, you know, filter a lot of it out. And, you know, we're you know, not too far away from US president U.S. presidential election, which was very stressful. It doesn't matter what side of the fence you're on um it was stressful for everybody involved and of course the covid-19 pandemic has been very stressful no shortage of negativity when it comes to things like that i too love sports uh, and i used to listen to sports radio constantly from the time i woke up until the game would come on the radio and then listen to the game and you know listen to the post game report and all of that stuff and i too found that a lot of it was controversial instead of okay you know how did you know, Kobe play last night or, you know, what's going on with Fernando Tatis Jr. Now that he signed the big contract with the Padres or what do you think the Yankees are going to do this year? Are they going to rally around their manager who now has, you know, a pacemaker and all of these different things. Those are the stories where you're like, okay, that's intriguing. But then when they start getting into the, you know, what, you know, sports, people are doing and controversies and and bringing in the drama and oh you know alex rodriguez is he splitting or not and you're going that's not why i'm listening so it got to the point for me i just decided i'm going to listen to the game i'm going to watch the game and if they start talking about anything that's negative or all of that i'll just change my attention because they won't talk about it long yeah. they'll get back to the play of the game what it doesn't matter what sport it is uh so that's what you have to do it's you have to you have to build in those filters and and recognize them and like i love how you said you can't not have those thoughts you know, those negative thoughts they're going to show up it's the case of recognizing them early enough and go oh I know what you are. You are going to try to get me down this path of negativity. Well, that's not where I want to go. So I'm going to change my mindset and think about something differently or look at it with a different approach. You know? and, and that takes time. It's, it's much like a muscle. You have to exercise that, but you get better at it over time.
1: Yeah, 100%. Yeah, I talk about putting up blinders like for a horse. Um, so the stuff's out there, but you can keep your focus where you want it. Um, better and better over time. Absolutely.
0: So, someone comes to you and they identify as being, or they think they have burnout. And I know a lot of people don't really know what burnout is, or they just say, you know, I'm feeling this, and really struggling with it. Are there some common characteristics that you see? And I know everybody is different. I mean, we're, we're all uniquely made. But there's some commonalities, I'm guessing, that you've seen when you're working with people um, that are either internal or external. Creation. So, you know, what are some of the common things you see with people to help anybody that's listening to help identify if, you know, potentially they're burned out?
1: And so, I work predominantly. So, I have my private practice of a general psychiatrist, and then I have my coaching practice for, um, you know, high level entrepreneurs who have been, you know, very successful and experiencing that other side of success, you know, everything from stress to burnouts and, and everything between addiction, um, you know, Trauma, depression, anxiety, Um, but the the characteristics, so the the three characteristics that we see with burnout are emotional exhaustion, the um, cynical attitude, and the um, lack of effectiveness, the perceived lack of effectiveness at work uh and the the primary distinction that we start off making is you know are we dealing with depression or are we dealing with burnout and the the you know significant difference is you know depression needs a little bit more than just talking oftentimes um not always but but you know we take that you know to, to a different level with with depression so depression will Absolutely impact your ability to function. Um, so when I was depressed, it was much harder to function. Like everything was such a grind. When I was burnt out, it was really much more just in my head that that exhaustion and, and the treadmill of oh my god, I don't know. But I was I was you know still able to function. Um, and the the characteristics are uh, very similar to what I went through and probably what you went through, which is you know in my growing up, what was valued was working hard. So to become a psychiatrist, you know, you know, it was it was a path that had been well-worn. Like you got to go to med school. Like in, you're told in high school, I was told in high school, you're good at math, you're good at science, you're a good student. You should go to med school. And it was like, check. <laughs> like I know what to do now. I'm going to go to med school. Um, there wasn't a lot of thought and it was a well-worn path. Just work hard, get good grades. High school, college, med school. And then when you start your practice, what do you do? You work hard. Um, and if you need a little more money, you've got kids going, you know, to school, whatever. What do you do? You work harder. So so that mindset that that we're taught in that is so valued. So, you know, my kids in, in college, you know, it, it's hard to get through their heads uh when they were in school. Like you don't want to um uh, highlight your all nighters, like how hard you're <laughs> working. Like that's not necessarily the traits that you want to be working on. Um, but it's what we value. Uh, and, and, you know, all of these hard workers, you know, you can only beat on that so long, but before something breaks.
0: And we're seeing that now, especially over this last year of this pandemic, where a lot of people that have been working remotely or working from home have been working more hours. Now, some of that has to do with their schedules are a bit you know, out of sorts in a way, because if they have children in you know, all likelihood, they've been teaching their kids during the day when they normally work. So they have to shift their work days around a little bit. So they may not work a consecutive eight or nine hour block. It might be a couple hours here, a couple hours here, a couple hours here, which then you know will make the quote unquote work day a bit longer. Uh, but there are some organizations that uh, they think, okay, I have to make sure that I'm proving that I'm working all day and not watching clothes or watching Netflix or things like that. So people have been working longer hours to prove that they're working hard because they're afraid of losing their job because it's not fun to lose your job during any type of economic downturn because it's a little bit more difficult to find a job and, and throw in a pandemic. It makes it even more challenging. So I'm seeing that a lot where people are, you know, trying to prove that they're working instead of let your results prove that. But I agree with you that that working hard mentality has been around a long time and uh, somehow we need to shift to, you know, work wise, work smartly. You know, be efficient in what you do. You'll do a better job and you'll be able to get a lot more done in a lot less time.
1: And Michael, this is where the the idea of putting happiness back on the plate, the menu for for you know how we are thinking about our, our lives and our careers, um, and, and starting to think of that sooner and sooner. So there's there's four pillars that I talk about um, with with uh, happiness. You know, and we start with that on ramp of energy. Um, you know eating, sleeping, uh, moving, uh, you got to take care of your equipment and, and that's going to help you to be functional, you know, 20 or 30 years down the road. Um, so as a doctor, I still have to like, throw so that be said, um, but you, you get your on ramp and then four commitments that, that we get with, with happiness. The first is uh, a commitment to continued learning and growing. Uh, And and that's, you know, curiosity is certainly part of that, but we are never finished products. And and part of the challenge today is that when our basic needs are met, like, what do we do? Um, And and there's so much evidence that, uh, for instance, in in. Africa, tribes of orangutans, there's tribes that live in areas that uh, have a lot of resources and it's very easy to meet their their needs. And there's tribes where they have to work really hard to, to meet their caloric needs. So three hours versus nine hours the The tribes that meet their caloric needs in three hours are way more stressed out. And, and that's because they have all this time on their hands to mess with each other um, and to, to worry and to fret, right? So so once our basic needs are met, you know it's important to continue to push yourself, you know learning, growing, we're never finished products. That's commitment one. Commitment number two is you know commit to connection. I, again, so much data that, you know, the quality of your, your emotional and physical health as you age is highly correlated to, you know, personal relationships, um, and community. So really committing to that as, as best as you are able to. Um, and, and your connections are going to be different than my connections. Some people need a lot. Some people need a little, but you got to have some connections and, you know, work on that. Commitment number three is uh, commit to blazing your own trail. So the trail that I originally blazed was one that was you know, well-worn. This is how you get to be a doctor. This is how you get to be a psychiatrist. And there's good reasons why that's well-worn. You don't want you know, people like making up how to be a doctor, right? <laughs> That 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 would not be good, um, but in terms of your own personal life, you know, you can certainly have you know being a doctor as as a part of the well-worn path, but also in terms of thinking, you know, what are you good at? What do you like? What are the things that people don't necessarily tell you that that you can be doing, um, could be doing, and and you add that to your repertoire so you can be a doctor and. You know, a writer, a doctor, and you know whatever that next thing is is going to be for you. But that idea of blazing your own trail—that's going to be based on things you're curious about, things you're good at, and things that you like to explore, um, and developing that you know autonomy and purpose. Like, right? right? Start to think about you know why am I doing this? What's the impact that I want to be having? Um, And it could just be, you know, real small. I just want to be a good dad. Um, Or it could be bigger. So, you know, I want to help more people to help more people by delivering these sorts of um, ideas, spreading them out into the world, and have people like be able to grab onto them and tell other people about them. Um, And the the last piece is that commitment to enjoy the ride no matter what. You know, our ability to choose our attitude no matter what the circumstances. That's a real challenge depending on the circumstances, but as long as we hold on to that idea that it is possible to do that, right? The um, book by uh, Viktor Frankl, Man's Search for Meaning, that's one of the most remarkable lines uh out there, quote that that I just love. You know, everything can be taken from a man, but the one thing, the last of the human freedoms, to choose one's attitude in any given set of circumstances, to choose one's own way, and to be able to write that after you've gone through a concentration camp is is just remarkable. Um, so, yeah.
0: No, those are all incredible, and I love the. You know, the last one, and it reminds me, and I don't remember the quote specifically, but it boils down to one of the keys to my own personal secret of how life is and how I am able to navigate through life's ups and downs and twists and turns is not being so attached to what the outcome will be, you know, being just accepting things as they present. And looking at them at that way and maintaining my own joy and happiness in life and go, okay, that's the situation with this. Okay. And continue our, right, does it, do I need to alter my direction a little bit to, uh, you know, adjust to this development or is it just information purposes only? And I can just continue down, you know, the path of the life that, you know, I've designed to live. And it, I, I find so many people get so frustrated and angered and upset and they get on their soapbox and just about this is how it should be and like according to you or everybody because my perception of what quote-unquote should be may not be reality it may not be what others want it's we if you get too embraced with how you want an outcome to be um, as, as somebody likes sports it's like yeah, you're rooting for Kansas city and Tom Brady goes, Nope, I want another rink. And it's like, okay, well, Tom Brady's getting another rink. And so it, you know, that may frustrate some Kansas city fans, but for me, it was like, it's going to be a good game, hopefully. And we'll see who wins, you know, as far as the Super Bowl was concerned. But at the end of the day, I, I find that my life has become so much better when I wasn't so concerned about the outcome as I was the journey and the experience.
1: And it's funny, the, the, you know, the, the statement about you know, how the world is and how you want it to be. Um, there was a great analogy in the book, The Road Less Travel, which was a little bit of a quirky book, but it had some good parts to it. Um, but the, the author, F. Scott Peck, he says that everyone has a map in their head of how the world is, and then there's the reality of how the world really is. And when we're experiencing emotional pain what's happening is that we're running into a place where there's a mismatch between the map in our head and how the world really is. So the map in our head says there's not a building here there's actually a building here we run into a building and we you know like you know break our nose. Um and then our response tends to be instead of let me adjust the map in my head this is how the world is we like start to get mad at there's a building here like who put this building here this is a dumb place for like the world shouldn't be this way. Um and 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 that's the source of the suffering, right? So so the, the initial piece is we run into a building, we didn't know it was there, and then you know, our our ongoing suffering is like who put this building here instead of let me adjust my head.
0: I love that. That's a great yeah. analogy that I'm gonna <laughs> that I'll remind myself of. It's like I was expecting this and it was this, you know, where this building come from. So yeah. I love it. Loved our conversation today. Where can people find out more about you and this incredible work you do?
1: Uh, My website is Manuel Astruc, M A N U E L A S T R U C dot com. And um, if you put a forward slash free in there, there's a video that you can watch, which is all about our superpower, our ability to choose.
0: We'll definitely have that in the show notes. So, Doctor, thank you so much for your time today. I love the work that you do, and I'm thankful for you. And and thanks again for being on the show.
1: Oh, such a pleasure. Thanks for having me here.
0: Thanks for listening to The the Breakfast Breakfast Leadership Leadership Show, Show. part of the Breakfast Leadership Network. Visit breakfastleadership.com for tips on empowering your business and your life.